0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, Post-Christmas episode here, James and John. Um, we might have to cut this short today. We're going to keep it uh, crisp. Uh, we've said that a million times, um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Um, we'll keep it brief here in the intro. How was your Christmas?
1: Uh, it was good. It was busy, um, you know, both the eve and the day, just because... Um, my in-laws do a big Christmas Eve, my family does a big Christmas day, so, uh, it's always busy and it's always long, but thankfully the good news is that my daughter lasted real well on both days as a, you know, a, a hyper emotional one-year-old. So, uh, it was the, tr- it was truly a Christmas miracle. The best present I could have gotten was that she lasted well on both days. That's how <laughs> that was, how was your holiday it. break? it was it's it's been
0: good i'm still on uh, a little bit of a break this week um it's a lot less hectic when i stick around syracuse um we just go to the in-laws and and that's it we do a couple trips down there family comes in and out from out of town and uh it tends to be pretty quiet as opposed to the years when i'm on long island i got to visit this family and that family and do this thing and that you know and i i enjoyed the i embraced the chaos of of it all um so it's just very different when i'm here uh the food's different the everything so i had to make sure the italian part uh had a fix yesterday i had to pick up a bunch of cold cuts and antipasto before i went over uh for the second christmas so um i am heading back soon um i'll be at the caps game uh as you're hearing this uh tonight and i'm really excited got some tickets i'm always nervous on the ticket exchange I always get nervous Venmoing seemingly random people. Um, try to go season ticket holders, but I'm sure everyone can relate there. Um, I titled this episode after the Penguins game. And we have a lot more to, to talk about, but I titled it Inevitable. Like you could just see this coming from a mile away. And Tom Lafazo as retweeted by Isles Fix, um, called it before. Called it before the game. Um, just had blowout loss written all over it. Um, I saw it a little bit later, um, but by then it was two or three nothing. And uh, boy, did that just kind of settle in and ring true pretty quickly. Um, after a great week, they just just a just a letdown. Just a like I don't know that it was a trap game, but just a letdown performance against a Penguins team that they really just needed to scrub off the ice. Um, they needed yeah. to just pound them into the earth there and take control the rest of the month that, you know, we discussed a little bit last week, but before the penguins game, um, it, it's
1: funny. Sorry not to cut you off. It's funny. Cause you're saying that I'm watching the replay here in the media room. Cause they have it on. I'm just like, oh yeah, six, nothing with 12 minutes to go in the third period. That's bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm well, we'll get to it. I, I have some, we, well, I'm sure we'll share some sentiments here. Um, but let's start off with the, the games before Christmas. The Oilers, the Caps, and the Canes. I, I think this was the best-case scenario. I, th- I think this is what yeah. we discussed. Um, I, I think, you know, frankly, my my two cents was they need to just grab – they need to win six in a row. I don't care how they do it. I, th- I thought they could have gotten all 12 points, frankly, even the back-to-back. I, I just – I don't like that Caps team. I, I don't think they're very good. I know they've been hot lately. I, I don't care for it. That's it, nothing, nothing going on for me there. When I watched them, the Canes, their goaltending is as you saw. Um, and I saw Kochekov in person here in Syracuse when he was loaned for like, literally one game. I, I, he was just he just was so good. And you know maybe that was just good for the AHL, but different story. Um, so I was happy with five of six. What's your top level view of the week before Christmas?
1: Like you said, base case scenario, right? Like they they take two points against Edmonton, who is a desperate team that is trying to work their way back up. Um, An overtime loss to the Capitals, like, look, the Capitals for some reason somehow they're playing well under Spencer Carberry. So, you know, it was good to see. And against uh, a Carolina team who's not um, playing exactly great hockey. Obviously, like you said, their goaltending has been a bit of an issue. Um, Still, a Metropolitan Division rival who you know has the uh, skill and the in the uh, personnel to still be an elite team right just because they're not putting it together right now doesn't mean they're not a good club they're just trying to figure some stuff out right now it's always good to collect two points that that becomes a four-point game um in division so but like you said best case scenario last week uh before the christmas break and then you know it, it, it it's not too much of a concern and we could talk about you know last night um, you know, when when you're ready, it's not too much of a concern to me to see them put up a game they, like they did against the Penguins. Again, it was an in division game. You you, you don't want to have that four point loss, but um, I'm not too too concerned with it because you know if it was a, a an out of division opponent, I, I I would feel the same way as I do right now. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, the The week before, that's how you want to go into the Christmas break. You want to collect as many points as possible, and collecting five of six, you take that all day.
0: Yeah. I mean, they they kept McDavid off the score sheet. Drysdale got one early, and then you know the Oilers, ugh, the Islanders just aren't consistent. They they're they're finding ways to win. This isn't a surprise to anybody listening to this. But you know, they, I think there were a lot of good things to take away from that game, maybe the most in a while, frankly. I, I think, and the thing that stick that was sticking out to me during the game was. And again, other people have written about this already. Pellick was typically the McDavid watchdog, and if you had told me a year ago Dobson would eventually be that player, that defender on um, on not only on the top pair, which that seemed inevitable in a different way, um, that eventually he'd be on the on the on the top pair for the Islanders, but not as the shutdown, not as arguably the best defender on the team all around, and. Wow, you know, you I would have just been very surprised. He played McDavid tight. Um, a couple, you know, he's Connor McDavid. He's gonna get away from you a little bit. He's squirrely like that. But, I, I were you as impressed with Dobson as as I was during that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, even my my dad's text me like, "Who is this version of Noah Dobson?" And I said to him, "I'm like." Look, like last year was what it was. It was one of those. He's not a, he wasn't a traditional sophomore, but he was sort of in that sophomore slump where he had a really good first full season a couple seasons ago. Last season, there was a bit of struggles up and downs. Uh, and this season, he's just putting it all together. And what you're seeing is a guy who's coming in with a ton more confidence, uh, a ton more poise, a ton more experience. I mean, that's really what it takes um, for, for defensemen at this level at the in the NHL to, to find their full game. It takes about a hundred games which is two and a a quarter seasons and that's that's what he's at now right i I know that first year he was in and out of the lineup but inconsistently um but you know the way that he was brought into the nhl and and, um how he was deployed for his whole career it was kind of like last year was his sophomore season so you know his quote-unquote junior year being this year um him playing the way he has it doesn't really surprise me to see him starting to put it all together Because he's met that 100 games, and now he's playing like this Norris Trophy candidate um, that is, you know, not like Jacob Slavin defensively uh, uh, in his own end. But he's playing well in all three zones, well enough to be, you know, considered. Look, for a while, it's been Adam Pellick is the Islanders' number one defenseman. I think it's clearly now Noah Dobson. So. It's very encouraging. You know, this is something that the Islanders desperately needed on their back end was someone to emerge as a puck mover, as someone who can handle the puck with authority. Um, You know, as good as Pellick is with uh, you know handling the puck, um, and I I shouldn't say that actually. Let me backtrack. As good as Pelik is defensively, he's he's an okay puck handler. As good as Pulak is defensively, he's an okay puck handler. Noah Dobson has now emerged as this puck-moving, um, two-way defenseman who's just dangerous in all three zones. Is and- it that,
0: you know, so he comes at a junior, he's playing a ton. And that transition, I think, for a lot of players, specifically defensemen coming out of junior, where you're playing 30 minutes a night, you're the go-to player, and all of a sudden you have to work your way into the lineup. Now he is that player again. And I'm curious if it's the pressure, right? He's in his moment, he's in his element, He's being depended on, like he had been for so long. I'm sure in his younger playing days in minor hockey as well before junior, but you get that opportunity to be the guy again. And sometimes you need to just work under pressure. Some that's that's a lot of people. And I don't. Th- it's not like some people create the chaos for themselves. This is just a moment where the Islanders' longtime top pair is out. Him and Romanov needed it to work out. Again, if you had told me a year ago that these two players would be playing this well together, I would have been shocked. Um, And when they were put back together, I was like, oh boy, if this isn't the end and Sorokin can't figure it out. Ooh, I mean, (laughs) you could just see it. You could just see the collapse. You you could see the the fall from grace. And I, I think Sorokin hasn't been himself still. However, this pair comes to light. You know, may, perhaps Romanov needed the same thing, um, different kind of upbringing, but do you think it's the, the pressure? I mean, maybe for the pair, I'll, I'll brought it to both of them. Do, do you think it's just, they're they're not just taking advantage of a situation because that, that just seems like they'll go back to whatever afterwards. Do you think it's just they've risen to the occasion, they're playing under pressure, and it's just paying off for the Islanders?
1: Well, I think... I again I, I think for Romanov it's similar to Dobson where the sample size of of time he spent in the NHL is now relatively similar so both of them are are starting to develop into into their own respective roles really well at this time of their career so um, it's a little bit of both, right? They're definitely taking advantage of an opportunity of getting more minutes at, with with Pelik and not being around, you know, because of the injuries. Um, but at the same time, they are rising to that occasion because they are more defensively sound. Their their hockey IQ is even higher. They are much more comfortable in in all three zones, you know, doing what they have to do. Much more comfortable, um, you know, transitioning the puck a little bit of that too has to do with their they're just improved players skill wise on the ice too like they're they're faster um they're they're more poised so um, it's a, it's a honestly right now a, a perfect a perfect brew of experience a perfect brew of training a perfect brew of you know the, the sample size of games that they've played um this is what I think Lamorello envisioned when he acquired you know Alexander Romanov they're literally a day apart their birthdays they're the same age um this was a pairing that he thought was going to work really well together at romanov being a guy who can transition the puck but is a defensive defenseman and noah dobson who is that that pure uh number one two-way guy uh who can do pretty much all of the above so they're definitely taking advantage of an opportunity but you're starting to see the growth of those two the ascension of those two as the top defenseman for the islanders and like we're, we're not talking about just like top defenseman for the islanders here i think that you know you're looking at a, a legitimate like i don't think this is just going to be a one and done for dobson i think this is going to be a legitimate defenseman in this league where he can be in the nars conversation you know on multiple occasions and just a, a purely um you know, we're not going to talk about Romanov in that same conversation, but we're going to talk about him as one of the better defenders in this league. And, you know, he might be perennially underrated, like maybe Brock Nelson is at forward. Uh, maybe he's going to be overshadowed by how awesome Dobson plays night in and night out. But it shouldn't be understated how important Romanov is to that, that duo, that, that tandem on the blue line, because, um, you know, he kind of allows Dobson to run and gun a little bit, take some risks that end up working out because Dobson's just that skilled.
0: I, I am curious what happens when Pelik and Pulak return because the, the deployment Lambert has an interesting decision to make. Do you continue this the way that it is having Dobson and Romanov be that first pair and you can, you can deploy that second pair of Pulak and Pelic very yeah. differently. And you can even put Dobson with one of them if you as a shutdown and you don't need, you know, Mayfield skating again. I think that's good news. Um, and that's really for that third pair and maybe with Riley or something like that, that, that in my head works out. I don't think that's far off from what other people are thinking. So it's interesting when they come back. I mean, there's a lot to kind of discuss and figure out with the, the, the back end anyway, when, when players, and that's when the players return and that seems a little while off. So there's some time, but in the meantime, this is, this is good. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting how things progress, um, and, and Lambert's decision-making um, as you transition to the caps game, um, I, I think a good piece here is Anders Lee, who I believe had two goals on the week. Um, and I wanna say he definitely scored in the caps game, tying tying the game, forcing overtime. I think he also scored in the Oilers game. Irrelevant, you know, there was five goals in the in the Canes game too. Um, so he scored at least two goals during the week. Um I'm I'm interested, you know. We I'm going to keep bringing this up as as time goes on. We keep inching closer to the trade deadline. Um, I don't want to beat it to death, but I think it's worth mentioning. He's just gelling with that first line. Are you are you not entertained? Is the question? Because you're <laughs> you're you know that as we kind of talked about last week, or as we definitely talked about last week, just there's an opportunity to kind of uh, pick somebody up. And I want to get to Arthur Staples mailbag uh later who he mentions a few players um are you not entertained is 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 the Anders Lee experience still not what you're looking for despite um you know talking about rising to the occasion he's certainly doing that
1: no he, he is doing that and I'll just say he did score in three straight games Edmonton Washington and Carolina Carolina game he had three points a goal and two assists I'm definitely entertained I'm not gonna Say I'm not entertained. I am for sure. Um, again, I think it's different in terms of you know rising to the occasion and being able to now take on that workload versus rising to the occasion. But I'm on the other side of 30, and yes, I'm gelling right now. But how long can I continue to play at this level? Um, you know, I mean, Barzell he's proven he Orbat can do it. Poser. Like I, I don't. I I agree mean, with you. There's not. You.
0: Th- there's no evidence that says he can't. And frankly, in my two cents. Yes, there's a consistency thing, and you're going to have that maybe wax and wane on the other side of 30. But in the playoffs, I kind of want that line together. Now, again, we're going to get to a specific player later again that would would be something. But as it stands right now, if you're looking at this roster without any changes, um, I don't mind that as a first line going into the playoffs.
1: I, I don't hate it. Um, I'm not saying that it's it's something that needs to change right now. I'm just saying, you know, there's, and and I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't read Staples Mailbag. I'm not even sure who you're going to bring up later. But there are going to be players out there that will be available. Like you, you can't just not upgrade if everyone else is going to upgrade around you. If, if the right player is out there that's going to make your team better, you have to do it. And if his only spot is going to be on the first line with, with Horvat and, and Barzell look as a, um, as a result, Lee's probably going to have to move down to the second or third line. It's not going to be the second line because Palmieri angle and Nelson play so well together. So it's going to have to be the third line, the one constant on the Islanders. Um, that's a, a consistent rotating door is that third line, right. The, the uh, and, and the first line I should say, um, so the two constants are the rotating doors of the first and third line because the second line sticks together. The fourth line, even though it has the the filtering in and out, it's the same same bodies filtering in and out. Well,
0: it's it's been fashing for some time now, and uh, we'll also right. get to,
1: but to when Matt it's Martin. not. It's Martin or Clutterbuck and you know who's injured, who's not, and Zeke. It's, it's at least
0: the it's the same flavor of players. I I can I can agree right with
1: that it's I, the same flavor of players. You now when you're filtering out, you know. Um, Wallstrom for, for Andrews Lee, you're switching out a, a power forward for a sniper, or if you're putting Julian Gauthier up there one game, because why not? Let's try it out. You're putting up a grinder there. So it, it's, there's always something different going on and they need to find that consistency. So look, if, if they can go out there and get a guy who's a top six, uh, impact guy, you're not going to put him on the third line. And if that does become, you know, an option, then, then you do it. I don't think it's not I don't, an option, then you go get a third line guy and, and plug that hole. But you know, the, the other thing I think too is that you have to think about the playoffs, right? If you're in playoff position right now and you're planning to stay there, the the game gets elevated. And I'm not saying Andrews Lee can't keep up, but what I am saying is is he going to be able to do this in the playoffs? And I, I he's don't, done it before don't and I'm not questioning that. He's done it before, I'm not questioning that. What I am questioning is if everyone around you is going to make an improvement, and let's say you're going up against, for argument's sake, uh New York Rangers team, do you have the run and gun power to keep up with them?
0: I I I don't I largely don't disagree and obviously wouldn't be upset with it. I just I'm looking at it and and thinking it's working. And you're you're giving Barzell some consistency for the first time in his tenure. Like he, he's playing with the same players every single night and that's that's working um we'll get to that in a second i just wanted to bring that up as a you know like a cheeky aside here um and we're we're slow we're slowly running out of time i know this this will this will definitely be a short one um the canes game was so annoying it was it was like it was annoying to watch the islanders were scoring goals not a lot of shots and then the Canes are just the antithesis of the Islanders, shooting from everywhere, um, pucks trickling in all, all over the place. Um, do you have any specifics from this game that kind of stand out to you? They're going into the break. Um, they're, they're thinking about Christmas. They just, you know, like like anybody else, they love playing. They just want to go home. Like it, it's it's right there within their reach. Um, will, will anything stand out from from this particular game for you?
1: Um, it was just, you know, when Jacob Slavin scored a minute and 56 seconds into the third period, you kind of felt like, oh, is this going to happen again? Like, are they going to mount that comeback? And, you know, they're giving up that early lead in the third, but, you know, Andrew's Leader to the rescue. We just talked about how, oh, you know, he's, he's, you know, maybe he needs to slip down a little bit. Um, Angel's to the rescue and any pads, the lead, um, just that third period, you really want to lock it down in that third period. I, I know. You know, again, the circumstances, like you said, we want to go home. Christmas break thats what we're thinking about. Um, But, you know, again, a four-point game there, it's crucial, right? 40 shots on goal for the Hurricanes. Let me see here. How many did they get uh, in the third period? Yeah, 15 in the third period. You got to lock that game down a little bit. And, you know, again, I know the defensive structure is definitely different since Barry, Barry Trotz has been around. But 15 shots in the third period when you're trying to hold a lead is a lot to give up. And yes. Thank God for Ilya Sorokin. Thank God for elite goaltending, but that can't just be your crutch and be like, oh well, we have good goaltenders, so we can give them 15 shots. Now, if it's 15 perimeter shots and they're like nothing burgers and they're just throwing pucks on net from you know the far wall, go. That's for a lot it. of it. Like, that was a lot of it in that game. It, it didn't even
0: even the Oilers. It didn't seem like. I think that was a pretty lopsided third period too. I I, I fine. I nothing burgers is very funny. Yeah, I, I think it's if it's just perimeter shots and. You know, they, they looked okay. I think both they of did. those games were the, – the Caps game showed that they can come back late, and I, I like that. Of course, Anders Lee, the captain, doing his thing, and it was a sick move. I think the Oilers and the Canes game was um, a bend but don't break kind of thing that we really have not seen from this team this season. I don't think it was the most graceful way to do it. It wasn't a Barry Trotz-era – you know, defend the fort type of thing. But you would have liked to see the Islanders at least use their offense as defense. And we've talked about how they've had success with that when they're pushing the pace and not allowing the team to get possession. You need to have strong defense and obviously a, a, goal, a stronger goalie behind it. But the, the defense is a question mark with or without all of your players. I don't like that narrative, by the way. Oh, they're without these. It just it doesn't matter who they're without. They're winning and losing the same way. It's irrelevant. And that's a beauty and a curse. Like You can make it the rest of the season knowing who you have there is good and also know when these other players come back, these mercenaries, Portuzo specifically, because I think Riley is not necessarily in that camp because he fits in so well. Sorry, Sebastian Ajo. But I I think it's a good thing for the Islanders the rest of the way. So both of those games, to me, showed there's still a little trots left in this team. Whether or not that's the voice uh, and who was telling them to do that or why they did that, I suppose is irrelevant. They managed to do it. Any closing thoughts on the pre-Christmas?
1: No, just just that they need to play or or collect points the way they did. Um, More like the Edmonton game, less like the Carolina game.
0: Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 186 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com/slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. So skip over Christmas. I imagine they all had a great time. I didn't see any pictures. I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> the Penguins game, as we said in the as I said in the opening, it seemed a little inevitable. It could have gone both ways. Um, this was a huge opportunity for the Islanders to put some real distance between them and the Penguins. Um, they're lower in the standings. I don't know if they have any games in hand. Um, on the Penguins, but they really could have made some separation here and made the second game a little, have a little less pressure on it. You're ending the year. It's New Year's Eve. Um, You know, four division games in a row, right? Canes, uh, Caps, Canes, Penguins, Caps, Penguins. So five in, you know, uh, interdivision or interdivision games end the year that that's, a huge opportunity here which is why that's what we talked about last week um, the, the thing i want to just point out and I'll, I'll throw it to you six goals in the second period in 10 and a half minutes and it felt like a lifetime it felt like a second in a lifetime together it showed how these smaller lapses over a short period of time just get amplified by this team and just they're just out of games really, really quickly, whether they are up or down already. Um, it's these just small mental lapses again. It's 10 minutes in a hockey game, there, there's a lot of other hockey the other minutes to either get yourself into it to begin with or whatever. Did this amplify anything for you, or was it you're gonna get blown out every once in a while?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know the thing is, you hear what the comments Barzell made and he said that the effort in front of a sold-out rink it was unacceptable. Um, they have to be ready for the next one. Anders Lee addressed some of the concerns. He said, "I think the concerning part was our lack of ability to stop the bleeding and have a response." A lot of you know, in talking to any coaches about the small details, the little details, like you have to have the little details right in your game in order to get big results and the little details were completely lost last night I'll, I'll admit i didn't watch the whole game but in the highlights that i'm seeing puck battles they lost every single one from what i can see um they couldn't gain control of the puck pittsburgh skated circles around them which was actually a little surprising just because pittsburgh is an older team and they're not faster than the islanders by any means they they have skilled guys yes they have malkin they have crosby they have Latang, they have carlson but Um, They're not faster by any means. The Islanders should be able to skate neck and neck with the Penguins. But um, again, it's just, it comes down to small details. Win your puck battles, connect on your passes. Don't make any, um, you know, egregious mistakes in in the neutral zone. And all of those things happened last night for the Islanders. So um, unable to stop the bleeding was definitely concerning, but maybe they're gripping their stick a little too tight after, you know, they give the third goal and the fourth goal. It's like, Oh my God. Like, you know, then guys start trying to do a little bit too much. They try to, you know, compensate for maybe some deficiencies that their line mates are, are, are putting on out on the ice. So, um, look, I'm not super concerned with that game. It's a four point loss and that sucks, but coming out of a three day break, um, you know, a lot of teams are are kind of unprepared after, uh, you know, having a few days off. Like it rarely happens that teams, uh, if ever, actually, it never happens. Teams are never off for this long uh, in the middle of the season until the All-Star break, right? When the All-Star break comes, it's like, oh, okay, you know, the, the break is here. We have a week off and, and you know, players go to Hawaii or wherever they go. But in the middle of the season, like we're we're in the thick of it right now, right before Christmas, um, everyone's going. And to have that three-day layoff there, I, I guess it it, you know, gave them a step back in their momentum. They need to definitely, you know, work off of this loss and just kind of burn that tape and, and move forward um it, it shouldn't be one of those things that they harp on too much because uh if if they do they they might end up you know getting inside their own heads and, and repeating this performance actually which is what they want to avoid but um you know this is kind of just one of those burn the tape and move forward games. yeah it, like
0: this is a uh you know, a classic ted lasso uh yeah you, you know have the mind of a goldfish you, you just have right. to you have to move on and forget it um you know and it's if you don't follow the Penguins um, or the Sabres, I believe the Sabres just blew them out seven, nothing not too long ago. And so this isn't exactly like consistency from the Penguins where this is something that they're just capable of doing on a, on a nightly basis. So I'm not necessarily worried about that second game. It'll, you know, hopefully the Islanders just show up. What I saw yeah. in the first two periods is, is a team because I just turned it off. I just couldn't, well, I'm going to waste my time. Um, what I saw was a team that just didn't show up for work and they, they yeah. mailed, they mailed it in like a lot of other people across industries this week, you know, between Christmas and new year's people just mailed it in. You, you're just, you're not, it's not your best work. It's none of that. Now the Islanders don't have that option because again, they're playing teams within their division. Um, they're, they're, it's a results based business for the most part. Um, they They need to show up and, it's. It was disappointing to see them just not have any jump. They didn't have any control over the game. It was a lot of one and done in the Penguin zone. You know, a couple little chances, but just things weren't connecting. Those normal short passes, those little things that just seemed to have worked out for the Islanders' offense this season, you saw it just not work. Those little passes that go through the slot, where the timing was great, um, a puck off a skate right to Nelson, or... Uh, Barzell just giving himself a little extra time and making that one pass. Dobson having a little bit more room at the blue line. They just couldn't get their rhythm to create that space themselves, to create that luck that they typically have. And you just saw no one be able to string more than two passes together. The Penguins before one of their goals, it felt like a three-minute shift in the Islander zone. I think it was 30 seconds. But the Islanders don't even touch it. They're not even close. It was very passively played it was like and i mean this you know i think engball largely plays very well for the islanders but a team of pierre Angballs is that's the result no one really laying the body very passive very like you beat one guy you feel good and then you make a shit pass and turn it over um not really winning those puck battles kind of like bumping into them you're like oh, well at least I tried it just there really just wasn't that energy um in any in any zone. Um the passes were shit the breakouts were terrible the power play couldn't get anything together. At, I think at one point the the penguins had three or four shots on an Islanders power play. So they outshot the Islanders four to one on when the islanders had the, the advantage and if you didn't have that feeling before that first period, it didn't feel good. Like you thought maybe, all right, Guys are just going to score one goal in this game. And can they just hold on to that? They have not had a one. Did they win one nothing this season at all so far? I don't think so. That was a regular thing. Um, so you, you just kind of like this groundswell of just a bad feeling. Now, I didn't have the same vision that Tom did, but you definitely saw it coming. I don't know about this bad. Um, and I saw you know a couple good quotes out there that whether it's two nothing or eleven nothing, it's, it counts as one loss, and I can appreciate that. I think that's what you were ultimately kind of saying in a different way before. You lose a game, burn the tape, kind of move on. Um, it, it's just a it's a loss on the book. It, it, it's going to happen. Um, I do want to say this though about Oliver Wallström before we kind of get into some trade stuff, and we do need to wrap this up pretty quickly, and I apologize. Um, we'll try to have maybe a longer episode next week. Um, Walsham had under eight minutes of ice time. Absolute ghost. In, in in both periods, hardly, hardly heard this man's name. It wasn't, I was looking for him on the ice. I noticed Pajot. I noticed Holmstrom. At a certain point, I was like, man, Holmstrom's our guy. Like, he's got to just, five on five. He's got to sneak one in here. Didn't notice Wallstrom for a second. Um, I know you didn't watch the game. Is that a growing concern? Like, is it just this guy just doesn't fit? He doesn't have the confidence. It and ultimately, it's not going to work out here.
1: It's starting to seem that way. I look. I have no doubt in his his ability as a player, but maybe it's just a fit uh, a thing for him. Maybe he just doesn't play well in this in this system. Maybe he's just. You know, honestly, maybe he's just not even an 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 NHLer at this point. Excuse me. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that he, you know, talked a big game this summer about how he was revitalized and he learned a lot and reflection, yada yada. Um, and you know, it's just more of the same from him. You know, he plays with a little bit of grit, um, which is which is necessary in, in certain areas of the game, but. Um, as a whole like he doesn't bring that goal scoring touch that you know he was drafted for he, he's not that top six forward that he thought he was going to be um at least not for the islanders and unfortunately sometimes these guys just need you know maybe a bit of a different look go to a different club and and try something else out you know somewhere else new and, and perhaps um you know he's still young enough and and regarded well uh as such a high draft pick that a team will Take a flyer on him in exchange for a trade. So, you know, he could be maybe a throw-in maybe a little bit more of a of an incentive to for a, a team to acquire him in a trade for for someone that though in the Islanders' way. Um, I don't think his trade value is completely diminished, but it's certainly not what it would have been, you know, maybe a year ago.
0: Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about him more in a second, um, you know, about potential trades and, and whatnot. But I think what's in, you know, obviously the, there's the, the caps game on, on Friday. And then the, the, the penguins game again, after that, they, I, I think they need to finish the year. They need to get these four points. They need to win these in regulation, get their confidence back up as a group, and then kind of move on after that. Um I think, I'm a little I'm a little worried I just they just can't be shaken Sorokin's confidence I don't like that they left him in that entire game um I really you know I just envisioned that Patrick wah thing where he's just like I know I just signed a thing like I'm not playing like I'm that like you, you can't do that shit and um hopefully he has a short memory I don't I don't know about goaltenders in general um and forget Russian ones so I it just could be a, a, a you know giant question mark um but that worries me a little bit. Um, this just a really big opportunity for them here. I, I know we're just kind of glossing over, but I do want to get to the mailbag before I have to wrap up. Um, I, I, so there's two things that popped out to me from that that article. And if you you know have a subscription, definitely go read it. Um, nice having Staple back on. I don't want to say the beat, but covering the team again, someone that understands this <laughs> group, um, you know, I, I think is a good thing. Um, you know, he's there was a question about what happens if Parise returns. And you know, Martin kind of just being stowed away for a little bit. LTIR Walsham could be um, included in a trade that really shouldn't surprise us. Um, it's not really that far off from what we said about just all trying to figure out how to do some cap gymnastics, and that's his job, right? We, you know, it's not necessarily for us to figure out, um, he's got to do that, but on the potential f- trade targets front. Um, he said that on on the on the defense, which was a question you and I grappled with last week. Um, given the entire defense situation, this one's more complicated. If players come back, you already kind of added somebody there in Mike Riley. You can get Mayfield back, Pelican Pulak. That's a very different kind of looking defense core given Romanov and ha- Dobson's play, right? You've you've maybe you've made that internal that you made a move internally. And, and you've upgraded, you know what everyone can do now. Hopefully Riley and Mayfield can jive, and that would be your question mark. But it seems like they've made some upgrades. Bortuzzo is not a long-term option. You still do have Aho there if Riley needs a break or you just want to see if he can easily energize entering the lineup. But what I thought was interesting was that he mentions, or Staple mentions Jordan Eberle as a potential player to return. And if that didn't just get me going, um, I think we were excited, you know, we were kind of you mentioned it last week, and I was definitely excited. Um this doesn't mean anything. He's not breaking news, he's not saying there's any chatter about this, he's saying what we said, um, that it just makes sense.
1: Okay, I disagree with you. This does break news. Arthur Staple listens to NHP. Um second. What I think here is that Staple is just as smart as we are in saying that, (laughs) look, if you can get a first-line guy who basically knows this team, who's good buddies with Matthew Barzell and would potentially mesh really well on a first line with him and Bo Horvat and might come for maybe nothing, right? Maybe it's just a mid-round draft pick because he's on an expiring deal. And, you know, if they maybe retain a little bit of salary because he makes that five and a half million bucks, um, maybe it'll be a second-round draft pick instead of a third, and they don't really have to give up too much, right? Because there's not a plethora of prospects here to work with. So um, it definitely tickles my fancy. I don't know if it does yours, but I I, I assume it does because um, it's exciting to hear something like that, and it's definitely something that you know would absolutely work, in my opinion. I think it
0: it's int- it it tickles my fancy for the reason I mentioned earlier about Lee, at least they're, they're, that line is stuck together and it provides consistency. It's Yeah, it's been a while since Barzell and Eberle have played together, but at least it's not somebody new. I think that would energize Eberle and it would certainly energize Barzell even more. And then the question mark is, can he jive with Horvat, frankly? And I'm willing to see what the answer to that question is and have the three of them play together. And then Lee Peugeot Holmstrom as a third line, hopefully that works and maybe energizes that group. It gives another option for um for Peugeot. It has somebody for Holmstrom to knock in rebounds for. I, I think that would be a very interesting group of 12 forwards and it would certainly be an upgrade. I definitely hear you if the teams around you're upgrading. Let's let's also do that. Um you have teams that it seemingly always do that around the Islanders and they did it this summer again. It happened again. The seemingly the entire division did something the Islanders didn't. Then they pick some guys up off waivers, they makes these really really small trades and signings and things and look kind of look where they are right right in the thick of it. Um, They're certainly not running away with it. But they're at least, of the teams in position or with the potential, You know, look at the Devils right now versus the Islanders. You'd rather be where the Islanders are despite how they got there because you can just change your tune. You can tighten up defensively. You can do all these things. So I think as it gets closer, it would be great to kind of see the Islanders uh, make a move like this because it seems, you know, I, I, I know we talked about his uh his contract last episode a little bit and it's escaping me but i don't know you you get do you find a way to make that work and it's definitely some cap gymnastics depending on what um maybe he's UFA i can't remember maybe you figure it out and then that's your everly worked with Barzell on the first line um and now Barzell not as a center and with somebody like an, just an absolute sudden horror at I see it. Um, and he, he uh, Staple mentioned a couple other players. Um, I believe Sammy Blaze uh, with the Blues and Barabanov. Um, I think if you're just going to make make a bet, you, you do with a guy like Eberly, frankly. And um, someone that has played on the island in a top six role. He understands the system mostly. Um, Barzell, et cetera. I don't know that you go after some of these other players that um, they could work but they're more of a question mark than Jordan ever would be. So I don't know what needs to happen there, Um, but I don't know. I don't want to say it's possible because I don't know what the ins and outs are, but it's definitely seems possible. Like it doesn't seem like it's not the craziest thing. They're not trying to trade for Dreisaitl or Marner or McKinney. Like it's, it seems within the realm of possibility. Um, So we'll see. Um, Sorry to cut this short. Any closing thoughts here? Uh,
1: no, I, I just think that you know it is possible. I know you're like kind of trying to figure out in your brain how it might be possible. I just think it is. There's a if there's a will, there's a way. Look, Patrick Kane's a Red Wing. Like <laughs> anything is possible, right? And he's so, a point per game um, player.
0: Like he and he's playing great. And you never know, yeah. right? You can just have these players have a resurgence playing with the right guys, and maybe Eberle needs that, and the Islanders also need that. If, if Eberle's a UFA at the end of the season. Um, and we should know this. I just didn't have time today. Yes. So, I mean, if, if, um, if the Kraken can retain a little bit on that and the Islanders can sweeten it on their end, like that could super work. I don't care what happens after that, you know, whatever, but, um, if they can retain a couple million on it, like go for it. Kraken aren't in it. So I, maybe it's, maybe it's what they need. Maybe both sides need that. And, uh, lamarillo seems to have the phone numbers of far western conference teams notably vancouver um but seattle's a short drive away so i assume everyone just yeah. you know hopefully they're just having conversations and um yeah it's definitely exciting I'll, I'll, I'll say that um i think that does it this week again really sorry for cutting this one short We did manage to get 45 minutes out of it um Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube. And Esmond Hockey. You can find James work at New Jersey Hockey. Now he's currently in the media room um, at the Devils practice facility, I imagine, and at the fourth period. James and the New Year right, bring us home.
1: Happy New Year, all, and uh, we will see you in twenty twenty four. Let's go, Islanders.